Good evening. Thank you for having me tonight. It's an honor and a privilege to be talking with you guys tonight. Um, and I hope you will enjoy this presentation I will be giving. Uh, I actually gave this presentation a couple years ago and didn't think much uh, many people would come. And suddenly the pilot does a huge uh, full page uh, advert and article about the presentation. And suddenly Pretlow Library, which has its program room, what, about 150 people? The whole, that poor library had about at least 200 people show up and just were uh, fighting out in the hallways just trying to get in to look at, uh, at this presentation. So uh, thank you. And let's get going with this uh, wonderful presentation. Um, so this presentation basically is about uh, Norfolk's, uh, the men behind the photographs that we see in our uh, restaurants, we see them uh, in our books, uh, anywhere and everywhere it seems like these pictures keep popping up and uh, I wanted to at least tell the story about the men that uh, actually took these photographs uh, and so people can be better aware of them. Um, to start off with, uh, Norfolk history, Norfolk actually has, um, in terms of other cities, not as great of a uh, visual and illustrative uh, drawings of the city, uh, especially in the early 1800s. It's amazing. Sometimes people come in, I want to know what Norfolk looked like in early 1800s. Well, unfortunately, there's not that many f images uh, and drawings for Norfolk. Uh, of course, uh, we have some pencil sketches and early watercolors of parts of Norfolk, but uh, there's really not a good overview of the city. Um, of course, photography in itself, uh, of course, first one, the uh, dairy types, as well as um, here in Norfolk, we actually had a photographer in 1855 uh, set up a shop here on Main Street and uh, was advertising, uh, come in, have your photograph taken. Um, uh, of course, as you recognize from the bookmark, this is uh, uh, Admiral uh, Martinique uh, sketches of uh, the western part of downtown Norfolk, or what is now downtown Norfolk, but uh, you have the uh, stone-covered bridge for Granby Street, uh, and then everything around on the west side is more of the uh, Town Point Park area. Um, so this is probably one of the early, early drawings of Norfolk. Uh, this is a sketch of the Virginia Bank building uh, in Moses Meyer's uh, watercolors. Uh, they did a watercolor set of, all, of a lot of his properties, uh, and we, this is one of them. And of course, as you uh, talk about the dairy types, this is probably a prime example of one. Uh, Thomas Jenkins Roberts, who was later the first president of Liberia, and also a Norfolk native, um, this actually uh, the Library of Congress has this scanned. Um, and then also saying, here's one of the advertisements from 1855 of Thomas uh, Hankins uh, here on Main Street selling and asking people to come get your uh, pictures taken. Uh, so this is about five, six years before the war. A lot of times when you start looking for images of Norfolk around the uh, mid-1800s, you have the lithographs uh, from like the Harper's Weekly and Frank Leslie's uh, 
newspapers and uh, periodicals. And this is one of Norfolk Harbor, about 1856. Um, and then, of course, uh, as you start getting into the Civil War, uh, this is probably one of the more uh, famous shots of Norfolk, scenes of Norfolk during the capture uh, by Union forces, May uh, 1862. Um, this is probably the first and um, only known image, earliest known image of Norfolk um, in uh, 18... 1862, 63, 64. We kind of think it's more of 1865, but uh, at least uh, this is probably the earliest shot of Norfolk, photograph-wise, of the landscape. Uh, down towards the bottom of the uh, photograph, you have what we think is Union soldiers marching up Bank Street, uh, and the house, and where we are standing today is basically up near the chimney on the right-hand side. So this is Bank Street looking north from about Main Street. And then as you start getting into the late 1800s, uh, you start having some more bird's eye view of the city um, from what they consider uh, as if they're in a balloon looking down on the city. Uh, there's at least three shots, um, one from seven, 1872, 73, there's one from the uh, 1890 and 1891. Uh, a lot of times you'll see replicated in, uh, up in areas around Norfolk. But as uh, after the war, we have a lot of the uh, commercial photographers coming in and actually start doing carte de photographs here in Norfolk. We probably have about five to seven of them uh, active during, the, uh, during that time here in Norfolk, um, collect the Richmond Art Gallery, uh, the Clark at the National, um, I think it's National Photograph uh, Gallery, and uh, Faber is an, also another one that um, shows up. Um, but you can definitely tell through the city directories um, by looking at these cartivists uh, and their addresses shown that you can basically almost uh, get down to the year or year range that for these images. So a lot of them that we've, I've come across in our photograph collection tends to be about the 1880s, 1890s, and turn of the century. But tonight, of course, as Peggy was saying, these are our four major photographers um, that have been here documenting life in Norfolk. I'm sure people definitely recognize quite a bit of, a few of these names, or maybe even all of them. Um, but I would probably say um, in terms of completeness and the amount of photographs, uh, images uh, that has been kept together. Uh, these four gentlemen uh, probably are uh, definitely uh, the major photographers for this area. Um, and we'll start with the first one, Harry C. Mann. Um, I know sometimes uh, when I start talking to people and I say, well, Harry Mann took that photo, uh, I know it gets that crazy uh, Harry, uh, man, uh, and they, then they realize, oh, it's Harry. So, but Harry uh, was actually from uh, uh, Petersburg. Uh, he's from, uh, he's member of the famous Mann family here in Virginia that uh, had a big play in our politics and 
governance. Um, he's related, he's the son of uh, Judge Edward and Patty Mann. Um, there's a little bit, I would almost say um, Harry got into photography late in life. Uh, during his early, say, 20s and 30s, he's clerking uh, at the uh, state senate. Um, he's also uh, like a uh, drugstore clerk, um, doing some odd jobs and everything. And then finally, um, around 17, 17, uh, 19, 1907, during the Jamestown Exposition, his brother James Mann, of course, who would later become Judge Mann here in Norfolk, uh, prominent attorney, uh, got him a job at the Expo with the photographic uh, department. And that's basically where he starts learning the trade for being a photographer. Um, and it seems that he, he took it to heart and he found his niche in life because um, I would probably say he's probably one of the most artistic uh, of our uh, photographers here. Um, nationally and internationally recognized for his work, um, he did series of nature scenes around Cape Henry um, and uh, Princess Anne County uh, in that area, uh, published even in the National Geographic. He had photographs shown at, in London and Paris. Um, so it's just amazing uh, the quality of his work. After all that, moving around, around Petersburg and Richmond and here for the Jamestown Expo, he actually settles here in Norfolk, I believe in Algonquin Park with, the man, with his brother, and actually lives uh, basically the rest of his life here in Norfolk, uh, especially his professional career here. Uh, he started about, about eight, 1908, 1909, and uh, kept going until his health started failing in 1924. Um, he later died up in Lynchburg and then uh, is buried with the rest of the family. But um, kind of like as you see right here, this is the Smith and Welton building uh, there on Granby Street. Uh, this is one of his um, nature scenes uh, there at the Cape Henry. Uh, this is President Taft visiting Norfolk. Uh, this is Granby Street at, uh, at Brooks, Brook Avenue about uh, 1909. Uh, he paid a visit here. And of course, uh, a lot of our Largemont residents, uh, I know you guys go nuts over this photo because it shows uh, an early view of, uh, of Largemont. And this is probably about a 1914 aerial of Larchmont. Um, some may recognize where it is and some don't, but uh, if you do recognize, it, it, we have the, it's actually a, the trolley tracks along Hampton Boulevard. And where the Larchmont uh, billboard sign is, uh, that sits between Manchester and Hanover. Um, and then on the right hand side, where this street starts curving, that's uh, Jamestown Crescent. Harry also did a lot of uh, shots of businesses inside and outside, uh, almost a day in a life. Uh, this is actually Burke and Gregory, which is one of our uh, printers, major printers here in the area. Um, this is about 19, uh, January of uh, 1912. And th this is inside their factory there on uh, basically where City Hall is now, where the uh, circuit court, actually now the old circuit court building is where uh, Main St. Paul's and Main Street uh, run into each other. Of course, this is not too far down the, uh, a couple blocks from here, but this is the foundation for the Royster Building. Um, 
They're doing the pilings for the building, uh, June 10th, 1912. Uh, he did a series, probably about uh, six to seven pictures of them piling, uh, putting the piles in for the building. Uh, and what's interesting to note is a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, the Norfolk Redevelopment Housing Authority actually donated their uh, blueprints, original blueprints for the Royster building. And we have the blueprints that has the color-coded uh, pilings uh, for, this, for that building. So you've probably seen this in Carol Walker's book, uh, Commercial Place. Uh, he's probably looking from his studio on Main Street, looking southeast onto uh, Commercial Place. Uh, and of course, another aerial shot, um, panoramic shot from Berkeley, looking towards Norfolk. There's at least 54, 55 surviving panoramic negatives. They are the same size as the panoramic prints that you see sometimes in the antique shops. Uh, they are actually that size. Um, and thanks with our uh, partnership with the Library of Virginia, they were kind enough to scan these panoramas that we have of, of Harry C. Mann. Uh, and this is why we have a digital copy now. Twin City Motorcycle Club, uh, we actually were able to date uh, some of these prints, and this one's from about 1913, 1914. Um, and I know it may be hard to see, but there's actually a white line underneath the bike tires, and he actually, um, he knew his craft and that he was able to set up uh, the shot uh, to make it sure that it looked great as a photograph. Because you've got to remember too is that uh, back then he's using glass plates, he's also using uh, probably very expensive film sheets. So he has to take it in one shot or two shots. Uh, he can't simply just do it, uh, take five shots and pick the best of the five. If you see a lot of the postcards, if you collect a lot of the postcards, uh, a lot of the postcards from the 1910s 1920s, uh, those are actually colorized versions of his photographs. Um, he's very prolific um, in their, uh, just amazing how many photographs actually got turned into postcards. Um, this is one of a gentleman roasting oysters there at Cape Henry. So um, there's actually the negative, the glass negative that he actually took of that and then the colorized postcard. On the aerial shots that he took, for the shot of Ghent, he actually had two separate photographs uh, and then merged them uh, into one aerial shot. So uh, th this is the age before Photoshop and photo merge. So uh, he's, you gotta give him kudos. Uh, he knows his craft when he can uh, seamlessly merge the two images together. This is just a rough draft of it. And then, of course, uh, for the library, we have our own post office, uh, shot of our own post office about 1909. And, of course, uh, he was active, of course, during the war, World War I, so we have shots of um, World War I here in Norfolk. Uh, this is tug of war going on with some Navy sailors at uh, the Hermitage. And then a bond rally uh, right there at the foot uh, steps of the, uh, the custom house. Of course, he's out on one of the destroyers doing depth charges. Borgies uh, is probably one of our other 
I would probably say master photographers for this area. Uh, the quality of his work um, is just phenomenal. Um, we get to scan and work with his negatives almost every day, and it's just amazing. Every time you open up a packet that um, you just don't know um, what you're going to find, but you know you're going to get a great image. Um, but uh, Charlie, as he liked to be known, uh, was born here in Brambleton, uh, which if you don't remember where Brambleton, uh, now it's, of course, uh, Norfolk State area. Um, he was born there to Charles and uh, uh, Greta um, Gertrude Borges. Uh, his father was a, a, a composer, a classical music composer, uh, and he went through public school here in Norfolk. Uh, he also uh, was a natural-born uh, athlete, and he actually tried out for some of the semi-professional uh, baseball team out uh, in like uh, Bristol and made the team. But when he came back home, uh, he had an elevator accident and that crushed his foot. So any any dreams of becoming like a professional uh, sports athlete uh, went down the tubes and uh, what he did in the meantime is he developed an interest in photography and actually started reading up on the subject. The family went to the stores, bought all the books they could find. He actually went to the public library and learned the trade from Norfolk Public Library so uh, we can say that uh, we did have an effect on him. So, um, And of course he started taking up photography about 1913 when he joined the Virginian pilot. Uh, he did do a stint with the Norfolk Artillery Blues uh, and went out to the Mexican border for two years um, and then came back and started working for the pilot for, and retired after 43 years. Um, but during his time, he actually uh, himself received a lot of national and international praise and recognition for his work. Um, especially like the uh, Roma crash and the Berkeley fire, the big Berkeley fire. He did retire from the pilot in 1956 and then passed three days, uh, three years later and is buried with the rest of the family in Elmwood. But he was actually the first uh, full-time photographer for the pilot. It's said to be that he is very proud of being able to uh, photograph every president from uh, President Wilson to President Eisenhower. He was able to get a shot of every president uh, who visited Norfolk. Um, he also, with his friend H.D. Um, Vollmer, uh, did a lot of help with the Norfolk uh, Photographic Club. Uh, he was active with that and helped train. Um, and there's also stories of him uh, taking shots, uh, one shot at least, of on assignment where he had to take a photograph, a great photograph of the core mausoleum there in Elmwood. And he waited almost to the last moment to do it. So he gets there Saturday night, it's due Sunday. And so it's uh, around dinner time, he's, he's like lights fading, he needs to get a great shot. So he puts a little bit extra flash in the flash pan. Well. If you uh, know of Elmwood, uh, a lot of the neighborhood uh, off of Church Street butts up right against um, 
the Elmwood Cemetery and where the core mausoleum is. It's real close to the wall on the east side. And so it's, uh, he can hear everybody in the neighborhood. They're just enjoying themselves. Um, and suddenly he goes and takes the photograph. Blam. It's almost like uh, Hiroshima is going off. Uh, it scares the Dickens out of all the neighbors around uh, the mausoleum. And so he quickly grabs all his stuff, runs back to the paper, develops the image, gets it in the paper. And he starts scratching his head later. Well, what happened with the people? Did they all come back? So he goes back some, the next morning, um, probably about midday, and not a single soul uh, within a couple blocks of that uh, where he took the photographs. So he scared them so bad uh, with the flash. Um, and of course, his adventures uh, being a photographer for the paper continued. Uh, he was covering one of the warehouse fires and was on one of the roofs of the adjacent building. And he sets up his, his equipment and takes a, takes a shot. Well, the fire uh, department thinks that uh, the embers flew over onto the next, to the building that he was on. So they turned their hoses onto the roof where he was, and he, luckily he got uh, f close enough uh, out of the way a bit that uh, he only got knocked down by the water, but uh, uh, he got real lucky that he didn't get blown off the, by water off the roof. So um, he did have some interesting adventures uh, working for the newspaper, but let's take a look at some of the images he took. Um, this is actually one of his early shots of the Roma crash, the Army oh, base, training base, uh, right there now that's NIT. So this is 19, February of 1922. And then, of course, a couple months later, he covered the Berkeley fire. So we have about 15 images of the Berkeley fire. This is one of them. The fire was completely devastating. Uh, it just knocked at least 20 to 30 blocks just leveled. Of course, some of our early aviation pictures he took. Um, this is about 1930. Uh, Francis Stobbs and Dave uh, Dishill learning how to use one of the flyers. And of course, you may recognize this building uh, to some extent. This was the Texaco building, but uh, it is now that strip mall right there at Onley and Bush Street. So this is about, uh, say, about 1922-24. The Ford plant was one of his big stops that he would go to. Um, he was there for the first uh, truck to come, uh, vehicle come off the line. And then uh, later on in the 50s, uh, so this is 1925. And then in 1953, he's back uh, on the assembly line inside the plant. Uh, of course, you may have gone to this school, but here's Largemont Elementary, uh, about 1930. And then, of course, here's another shot of Commercial Place, July of 1924. Ships, planes, buildings, um, military. Uh, this is one of the brand names for the uh, Old Dominion Line, uh, the George Washington. Uh, she had a sister ship, the Robert E. Lee. But this is, was, he took this in 1925. Um, and then during the hurricane of 1933, the big one, uh, 
he took quite a few pictures of the devastation that uh, wrecked the area. So this is one of the cottages at Ocean View. And then, of course, I'm sure everybody has seen this image um, flooding right there on Granby Street, probably or, um, getting close to Brook Avenue and City Hall Avenue. Um, we actually had somebody come in and say, well, that's my great, that's my grandfather, Officer Mayo, uh, standing in the picture. Uh, he didn't, with the cameras that he was using, um, sometimes uh, he didn't have the equipment that will allow him to do aerial shots uh, or panoramic shots, but um, to give you an idea of his art artistic ability, he took three shots of the um, Bainfield baseball field right there on 20th and Church Street. Um, and in the newspaper, he actually merged all three images and uh, was in the newspaper. Uh, this is actually a modern uh, merge. I, I use Photoshop on this one, but uh, it, didn't, it didn't require any major um, movement or skewing of the image to, to make it fit. Um, so, I mean, th this gentleman had, was truly an artist for, uh, as a photographer. Sometimes even the funny, it's so hot, you can cook an egg. Uh, you can cook an egg on the street. And believe it or not, this is actually down the street from us on Plume Street. She's cooking an egg. Uh, it was actually 101 temperature on, on that day. Uh, this is 1936. And then, of course, when the city took over the post office, it became uh, City Hall. And so he actually has some pictures of uh, the city moving into the building uh, and would take pictures through the years. Um, this is actually a shot from 1938, right when it becomes City Hall. Parades were, of course, another big, um, I can't tell you how many packets of parade pictures we have. And usually there's at least 20 shots per packet. So, um, so at least he, I know he loved to do parades, he loved to do the Navy ships, he loved to do baseball and, and sports. Uh, what he hated to do, along with Vollmer, was the debutantes. Uh, they absolutely despised doing the debutante uh, parties and celebrations. And he could always find amusement even in the craziest of situations. So this is July of 1939, and it's the flooded Redgate Avenue right there at Stockley Garden. So the ladies, it rained uh, five inches in 30 and 90 minutes. And for the history buffs, uh, he actually took quite a few pictures of all the major battleships that were stationed here in Norfolk from the 30s and the 40s. So this is like the battleship was West Virginia uh, in the harbor. And of course, if uh, most of these battleships were sunk or damaged, severely damaged at Pearl Harbor. So you can almost see before and after pictures uh, with the collection. Um, I would almost say this is probably a prime example of his artistic ability as a photographer. This probably makes him a master photographer. Um, if you can't see it, uh, this is uh, Bill uh, Skiff, who's the manager of the Norfolk Tars, about ready to hit a baseball. And so, to make it easier for you, 
So considering that he took this about 1932 and 33 with a one-shot camera, basically, he was able to grab this image. And then, of course, active very much during the War II. So a lot of our uh, history, uh, visual history of Norfolk during the war um, can be seen. Another shot of them tearing apart, um, scrapping the airplanes, naval uh, airplanes there at the base. And then, of course, a lot of our community, uh, this is the East Ocean View Fire Department, uh, the gentleman, and then, of course, the ladies. You get, uh, he was kind enough, uh, the supporters, uh, the auxiliary. Uh, and this, these were taken in 1953. And then finally, um, his, one of his, I would probably say his famous shots of Granby Street, taken in July of 1941. Um, they actually reused this in December to, to show the difference between what Norfolk was uh, six months earlier and then what Norfolk was like during the blackout. So she probably noticed the Norva and the Lowe's Theater um, marquees and everything. His partner and companion uh, with start off with the, his rival newspaper, but as the Norfolk Ledger Dispatch was purchased by uh, landmark publication, um, landmark that they actually came under the same umbrella, but they still kept the two newspapers going and they kept the two photographer, photography departments going as well. So uh, Vollmer would do the afternoon shift and uh, Borges would do the, uh, the morning shift. So uh, Vollmer is actually a native of Richmond. Um, he actually lived in Richmond uh, much of his early life before moving down here in Norfolk. Uh, he attended most of his grade school here in Norfolk and um, actually developed a lifelong interest in art uh, in the different mediums. Um, I would probably say his, his interest started, especially when he was uh, joined the Army uh, Photography Department with the Army Signal Corps during World War I. Uh, that's where he learned to trade and then um, came back and kept working for the Norfolk Ledger Dispatch uh, more as a photographer. Um, but he's also known too for his different mediums, uh, etchings, uh, pastels. This is one of his um, linoleum block printing. Uh, so. Even after he retired, he kept taking photographs. Um, his daughter, Claire, actually gave, donated quite a bit of his uh, collection to us. Uh, so we, we have not only his personal collection, but also his professional collection uh, in, at the library. So another couple of shots of him at work. Uh, one of the type cameras he used, uh, and this is in 1939, they did a, uh, how, do you, how does the newspaper get uh, produced? Uh, and they showed scenes of the photography department as well as uh, them uh, getting the, uh, the plate sets together for the, um, the newspaper printing. Like uh, Borges, he had a great affinity for sports. Uh, so there's a lot of baseball pictures. There's a lot of um, pictures of football, uh, high school, as well as communal uh, teams. Um, even he was here when Babe Ruth popped in. 
when the Norfolk Tars was part of the uh, New York Yankees farm team system. Uh, the famous game in 1934 when uh, the Yankees came down and all the big uh, players, um, famous players with the Yankees came down, Babe Ruth, um, Luke Gehrig, um, they all came down for the game. And this is actually a shot right there on the Washington steamer docks. Uh, he actually stopped and got his photo taken with the kids. Some other shots of Ocean View, uh, the boats there at uh, Ocean View Amusement Park, uh, 19, 4th of July, 1938. Then you have uh, some other shots of one of the tugboats going underneath the Berkeley Bridge. Sometimes he got some crazy shots. Mr. Smith was flying around and uh, he actually had some trouble. <laughs> and uh, poor uh, Miss uh, Crystal, uh, Crystalopolis uh, Cottage there in um, Chesapeake Beach uh, was a poor victim of uh, not so great landing. Um, she was actually in the house at the time. Thankfully, nobody was on the second floor. Uh, and Mr. Smith, uh, who's in the upper left-hand corner, uh, basically just escaped with a little gash on his cheek. So he got very lucky. Um, even some of the notables that came in, uh, actress uh, Margaret Sullivan uh, visits Norfolk, visits, uh, say, in 1938. During his time, too, with the paper, he also um, documented Norfolk's role uh, as a part in uh, international affairs. This is actually, it doesn't look like much, but this is actually a photograph of uh, Chinese uh, nationalists um, boarding a couple of our steamers uh, in order to use them as blockade runners against Japan. They were, they came all the way from San Francisco by train. They got off and the crews took three of the, um, uh, the freighters uh, here in Norfolk and would uh, ship them, uh, drive them all the way back to Shanghai, China. Uh, from what I can tell, it looks like all three ships made it, at least for that trip, because uh, they start, the, these ships show up in the, uh, registers for um, merchant vessels. So some of the guns there at Fort Story, uh, 1941. You may have seen this image uh, in some of the history books. Um, one of, this is Battery A, and the Coastal Artillery Regiment uh, having some target practice. Um, he also documented the German POWs there in Thaya, uh, in Princess Anne County. So almost where the Central Library there is in Virginia Beach. Uh, that's where the uh, POW camp was. And then he was there when uh, FDR died. So he went out on the street. Uh, they actually did a couple late, late version editions of the ledger dispatch. And then uh, when quieter times is that he's there at um, Harrison Fishing Pier uh, right on opening day. So this was uh, August 6, 1947. And then finally, our last character, uh, Carol Walker. I'm sure a lot of you would uh, recognize his name. Um, he's actually not 
uh, as much as he loved Norfolk, he was not a native. He was actually from Baltimore. Uh, but he was raised here in Bramlington um, and attended Norfolk schools. Uh, during his youth, his father died and um, actually was left to help raise his mother and, and the rest of his siblings. Um, he was actually wanted to become a professional painter, um, but uh, right as he was going to school, about ready to start school, the Great Depression hit and he wasn't able to go to school. So um, he then joined Norfolk Western uh, and works for the railroad for a good 38 years. Um, so now that he has a steady job, uh, he starts devoting his creative energies and taking photographs, um, and also, as well as Norfolk history. Um, I know for some of the photographers, uh, he's a bit different in terms of not only did he, he collected photographs of early Norfolk history, uh, but he also took photographs. He was more of a, uh, uh, he documented Norfolk's renaissance, uh, especially during the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Um, and then a lot of our early shots, um, getting Harry C. Mann images uh, back in the con uh, local conscience um, and, uh, and whatnot. He did do two books. I'm sure a lot of us probably have the one or both copies in our, uh, on our bookcases. Uh, he did one on Norfolk, a pictorial history in 1975. And then he did another one for the tricentennial uh, in 1981. Um, at the time of his death, he was actually uh, was being pestered by his book publisher to create a third uh, book. Uh, and his children were saying uh, when they were getting ready to clean out the house, they found uh, some clotheslines uh, in the house where he had pictures starting to be chosen. I guess for his third book. So, um, so he thought um, as much as he wanted to preserve Norfolk history and it's especially his photographic history, uh, he planned for the future and actually donated his collection uh, to the Norfolk Public Library. So, to the Sargent Memorial Collection, uh, so everybody can enjoy the photographs. Um, here are some of the early images that he was able to collect. Um, this was the Reina Mercedes, one of the Spanish naval vessels sunk at the Battle of Santiago in, in Cuba. Uh, it was raised a few years later and brought back to Norfolk as a war prize. Um, this is actually here at the Norfolk Naval Shipyard, uh, 1909, 1901. Shot, uh, an early shot of City Hall Avenue at Granby Street uh, you can tell the Monticello Hotel on the left and the Haddington Building on the right. He was able to pick up a lot of these glass negatives. This is one of them of Cape Henry, probably from the 20s. Uh, some other shots of Ocean View during the 1910s, 20s. Uh, I found this image actually as a small little negative in his collection, and this is from 1912, uh, looking up Granby Street uh, from roughly Plume Street and City Hall. One of the great little caches that he found and was able to hang on to was 
the Curtis Flying Field School there in Newport News, and there's about 12 glass plate negatives of these um, different airplanes uh, at the school. And of course, uh, everything old is new again. This is actually one of the early electric cars uh, here in Norfolk, but it also has one of the suffragettes in the car, uh, probably at one of the parades. And then as I was saying, he also uh, documented Norfolk's transformation uh, in the 60s. So here's kind of like downtown being uh, renovated and redone uh, to more of what we see today. So about 1965 decided the Virginia National Bank, or now Bank of America. Some other shots. So um, he provides a, a very important link in our photographic history of uh, the 70s and the 80s and the 90s um, when he was taking photographs. So Main Street, about 1982, uh, almost close to where we are now. And then, of course, Norfolk Southern being built. And the, the, I must say the man had an affinity for ships. Uh, I can't tell you how many ship pictures we have in his collection. He absolutely loved going to Harbor Fest and when the tall ships came in, uh, taking photographs upon photographs of the tall ships and, and everything that came through. So this is the uh, Simon um, Boulevard um, there in 1989. And then, of course, uh, sometimes, as you, as you go through their collections, especially Carol's, uh, you see your friends and neighbors and coworkers. Um, I don't know if you recognize, but one of our historical society members, but Carter Furr is actually in the one on the, uh, the image on the left. He's the gentleman in the middle, uh, looking with his hand on the um, pinball machine. Uh, I showed him once, this image once, and I said, uh, you definitely haven't changed much in 50 years. Maybe the hair has gone a little gray on you, but other than that, you haven't changed much. And then, of course, uh, our lovable uh, George Tucker and his wife, Elizabeth. So, And then um, I will say that there is a couple places where you can actually go online and actually see a lot of these images um, go up and, and appreciate their hard work and the types of uh, photographs that they've taken through the years. The Norfolk Public Library, through the Sergeant Malone Collection, has a new digital uh, gallery for these images. Uh, you can get them right off the library's website. And then the Library of Virginia has actually scanned uh, 2,700 images of the Harry C. Mann collection uh, and has put it up online as well. So you can see uh, basically all of these gentlemen's um, samples of their works, or in some cases, all of their works. Um, so I will say too that um, there's about 7,000 images on the library's website. There's about 27,000 on the Library of Virginia, but uh, with the library, there's actually about 100,000 images uh, collectively from 
Carol Walker and uh, Charles Borges, as well as H.D. Uh, Vollmer, um, along with a few other of the of their co-workers at the papers. Um, but the majority of their images are uh, either at the library or at the Library of Virginia. So, um, so uh, this is just a sampling of what, uh, what they were able to do. So, so I do wish and thank you very much for having me tonight. Um, and please, if you have any questions, I'll be glad to take them um, as well. If later you want to be able to look at the images, you can come by the library or you can go by our website and take a look. So thank you.